Welcome to the Angler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm Janice Min, your host today with Tatiana Siegel. Hi, Tatiana. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. And Sean McNulty of our Wake Up Newsletter. Hi, Sean. Good morning, or it's probably about noon for me since I've been up this morning, but yes, exactly. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> um, Richard Rushfield is not joining us today because the three of us are on the East Coast, and there is no way Richard is waking up this early, I guarantee it. Um, so please remember to like and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts uh, and subscribe to The Angler uh, for a whole suite of newsletters and podcasts at theangler.com. So today we are going to talk about a few things. Uh, we definitely want to get to a talk about award shows and the end of award shows as we know them, because there have been some big changes that came out this week, obviously the Golden Globes coming back, but also I would say a uh, some Hail Mary moves by the Oscars to bring audience back, including I, I didn't really realize that till this morning that they're bringing on people who produce the Met Gala to try to make the red carpet more of a thing. Anyway, so lots to discuss there, but we're going to start with a conversation about football. Uh, I'm going to first kick us off though, with some shameless plugging of what, of some stuff coming up in the angler. Um, Sean, you and I are going to Singapore. 18 hour flight, super psyched. <laughs> super psyched. Um, we're speaking at a, an event uh, for Google that's private, but then we're going to the very public APOS media conference. Um, and from that, we are going to be producing a bunch of podcasts and content out of, um, out of Sean's newsletter. But Sean, just... I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows, but can you just speak briefly about the significance of the Asian market to Hollywood? Sure. I mean, it's not a, a topic that probably gets discussed too much. And I think before this year, probably much at all, you know, the cricket rights got a lot of attention. Finally, were you know, that was the billions of dollars that are being poured into India right now came to the forefront. Uh, whereas maybe five years ago or even three years ago, this wasn't a big of a deal. Uh, there's been a lot of news this summer, even about the increased investment in original programming with the players there between Netflix making a real commitment to the, net, to, the uh, to the country. And Amazon has been there for a while as the number two behind, of course, Disney Hotstar, who's the dominant streaming service, uh, mainly because they acquired Hotstar. Um, and fun fact, by the way, Janice, and we're doing some research for a piece I did this week, uh, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones. Streams on Disney Plus Hotstar in India. Wow. There is no HBO Max. Oh, wow. When you don't have a streaming service in the country, you got to stream somewhere. And Disney Plus right. Hotstar is the beneficiary. Of Wouldn't the... you love to know how much they paid for those rights? <laughs> I would love to know what that deal yeah. cost. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but all the more reason to, you know, when you have a major, a major franchise like Game of Thrones, it has to be everywhere. And it definitely has to be in Asia, even if you're not. Uh, which right. in the case of HBO Max, they are not and do not plan to be until at least late in 2024. So at least another two years away for HBO Max in the Asia Pacific market at large, small caveats here and there. Um, but this was the region, the only region, uh, Netflix's second quarter disaster or whatever you want to call it, their worst quarter ever. The only region they had growth in was the Asia Pacific region. And this is the area of growth where we're not saturated. There's still a lot of People, broadband penetration is still growing in a lot of these countries, whether that's India and Indonesia, who have extremely large populations. 
the broadband penetration is not, not high, you know, thing, but it's growing. And that's where the future of adding subscribers is really in this region. It's not U.S. as we've seen is kind of tapping out. out and Europe isn't much better. Latin America has some growth, but Asia has Asia APAC, as we call it, uh, has the most people and has the most opportunity for growth. So we are going to be at this conference where these billions are getting invested and these are the leaders of people who are investing it are going to be all gathering for a week to discuss this very topic. And we have some. I'm very jealous, people. by the way, to go, that you guys are going to Singapore. You're they, welcome they have a, to get on a plane with us, Tatiana. <laughs> they have a lovely um, swimming pool at the airport there. Literally? Really? Yeah. Is this oh better God. than the JFK airport at the TWA lounge? <laughs> <laughs> LAX. <laughs> Slightly cleaner. Um, okay. <laughs> but by the way, Sean and I, we made a reservation to go eat at that restaurant, that crazy thing on the rooftop at the end of Crazy Rich Asians, just because we're cheesy tourists. You got it. We, we, yeah. We're going to go do that. Um, and we're so. only about 10 minutes away from Universal Studio Shanghai, Janice. I'm just saying, if you want to, you know, break oh. out and go out for some rides, <laughs> I just found that out last night. I was like, there's a Universal Studios, like, right? right? I was like, wow. I'm like, cool. There you go. You know, I go so much here that, like, <laughs> I was at it. It's a little much. Right, well, for us, for us New Yorkers, Janice, it's a big treat. So, you know, we don't get to do that in New York too much. Um, um, we should also hilarious. mention, Janice, this is the weekend, right? The weekend after. So, uh, next weekend, the, the big F1 race in uh, Singapore is happening as well. We will uh, be talking to the head of F1 uh, as well to get an update on that business. The so, CEO of F1, isn't that? CEO is of that, F1. Yeah, yes. Yes, but, we're the, the CEO of Formula One. I will we'll break the exciting news here. He will be one of our podcast guests for next week. Um, and we're going to call all this. We came up with a name. It'll be, get ready for this exciting title for the series, Global Growth, colon, Asia, Tatiana, are you tingling with excitement when you hear that? <laughs> I have total goosebumps. You can't see them right now through my sweater, but. But it'll be super interesting. Uh, it'll be for paid subscribers to the Angler. So subscribe to the angler.com. Um, I thought today we'd start with football. This is something Sean talks about a lot. In the last 24 hours, there have been a lot of headlines around um, the NFL and the Super Bowl. Uh, Sean, do you want to run those down? Sure. So this morning, Friday morning, uh, Apple was revealed. Apple Music is revealed as the new sponsor for the halftime show at the Super Bowl, replacing Pepsi, um, roughly a $50 million a year deal, which is roughly what Apple paid Major League Baseball for all of their Friday night baseball games this summer. So I think we all can say $50 million to Apple is probably... Not a large sum, right, Tatiana? I don't know. Pocket change, pocket yeah, change. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they kind um, of missed their opportunity last year where they had like, I mean, they'll. I'm sure whoever the artists are this year will also be uh, Apple, you know, well, heavy artists. But Dr. Dre last year, you know. Sure. Um, Big show and won three Emmys this year or this year too uh, for the show. Um, but they also enlisted Jay-Z's Rock Nation last year to actually book the talent part of the show, which he is still going to maintain. So Apple has to say the piece in the quote in the Times was in the direction of the show, but Rock Nation will be heavily involved in terms of the actual booking, which actually should happen within the next several weeks. They announced the talent lineup, I think the end of September last year. So that probably will follow uh, in the near future about that. So Sean, is it true musical talent doesn't get paid to be at the Super Bowl? Uh, I've heard that before. I mean, paid in a like, we're not writing you a 
check, but we're going to give you 20 million. We guarantee you $20 million of marketing or something like, you know, like that kind of thing. And now yeah. music, there could be other element where Pepsi it was like, we'll give you free Pepsi for a year, whatever. You know, this <laughs> has a, a little more of like, and we're going to be homepage and all the other stuff that comes from being an artist, you know, uh, in a, sponsored by a, an actual music service. Right. They'll eventize you, I imagine, on, on the Apple music platform. As, as if J-Lo needs any more eventizing, but who are going to get next year? But exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, the young artists they pick out of the blue to, uh, to host, the, to uh, perform at the Super Bowl will get extra, extra plug on Apple Music. Right, right. Um, um, and this is just larger context, Janice. So Apple and NFL are also in the midst of negotiations for NFL Sunday Ticket, which has been ongoing for a long time. NFL Sunday Ticket is their package of out-of-market games that, so if you want to watch every game on Saturday in your TV, you subscribe 300 bucks for the year and you get it every week and you can watch them. Uh, it's only via direct TV uh, as the deal now. So last year of that, the deal's up for renewal next year. And NFL wants an extra billion dollars a year reportedly for a $2.5 billion check. The program famously loses money. and Well, if any company can pay an extra billion, <laughs> right? That seems to be the case where, you know, I think the NFL is trying to get other bidders in the mix and everybody's like, we're not paying that, you know, and it's just like, it's Apple or nothing. Like it's either Apple or Amazon, Amazon already bought Thursday night football. Google has no appetite seemingly for this, unless they came out of the blue here and a studio, you know, and a, a Comcast is not paying you that. And, you know, so it's kind of, you know, you're stuck with who you got. Wow. Well, as we, as we sort of ominously discuss a lot in uh, our stories for the Ankler, they, the world is basically converging into an Apple, Amazon universe of everything, um, for better or worse. I think most people would probably think worse. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, they're both excellent companies, but you know, it, you're, you're really limiting, um, you know, really limiting choice ultimately, but Sean, so you wrote in the wake up newsletter almost every day this week since last Friday morning that Amazon was real slow in coming out with the overnight ratings on Thursday night football. Yes. Yeah, so the big news, you know, they made a Amazon and Nielsen made a big, big announcement end of July that they, Amazon has signed up with Nielsen paying, paying Nielsen to rate. Uh, Thursday night football, as if it was on NBC. This is you're gonna. This isn't gonna be a total minute streamed number from Nielsen, which comes out a month later, which is really the only way that streaming is rated these days. This would be a was presumably an overnight rating, which typically comes out the follow later the following afternoon. And as you said, last Thursday the game happened, and Friday no news. Then it was like, oh, it'll come out Monday, you know, the weekend, blah blah blah. Fine. There's out of home viewing involved with sports a lot, obviously. Monday night came, no word, Tuesday, Wednesday, no word. No one was, I'm not sure who was even asking Nielsen or Amazon about this. I saw nothing being like, hey, where are the numbers? Uh, and then I <laughs> hit send on my wake up newsletter Thursday morning saying, this could be a lame stunt being held by Amazon saying, we're going to hold this number to release on the day of our next game to promote free promotion for our next game. And uh, yes, the ratings numbers dropped from Amazon. I believe this is Amazon's thing. I don't think it was a delay in Nielsen. I, I believe that, does the network, Tatiana, do you know, does the network, re I assume, release or the numbers, not Nielsen? Is that, I, I don't know. Do you guys even? Uh, I would never no, I think Nielsen, 
Nielsen, I, Nielsen, Nielsen does. Nielsen, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, then it's then it's Nielsen's fault. Good. But okay. then, but this is that sort of problem uh, with what Janice just raised of as we move to a Amazon Apple only uh, landscape, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, there's no there's no law against holding Nielsen numbers back. It's just not, again, Amazon's trying to convince the business we are part of the industry standard. The whole reason they did this was advertisers were not going to accept Amazon numbers. They said we need Nielsen numbers. We had Sunday night football numbers out before we had the last week's Thursday night football numbers out. You know, we had Monday night football numbers out before, you know, like it, it was just off the kilter and Amazon or Nielsen or who knows what cahoots were going on, decided we are going to hold back a business model in order to give free promo to your the next game, the next yeah. game, which was last night, which is very odd. And quite frankly, a little troubling from a, a business rep point of view, in my opinion. And then, Oh, lo and behold, the numbers come out. It just matched what Amazon had guaranteed advertisers. I'm sure it's on the up and up, but you know, Sean, you don't sound so sure it's on the up and up. Uh, You know, (laughs) you're talking to a guy from Jersey. It's like, hey, you know, all right, sure. Uh, Yeah, that sounds, oh, isn't that convenient? You know, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it is what it is. Um, Anyway, so the numbers were 13 million total. That's uh, 11.9 million um, streaming and 1.1 million aired on local television. So again, for NFL, NFL rules, the game has to air when it airs on cable or not on broadcast TV. It has to also air in the local markets where the teams are playing. So in this case, that was Kansas City and Los Angeles, and a not a very good showing for Los Angeles. They had 600,000 viewers, and Kansas City had 550,000. Kansas wow. City has 2.3 million Metro people. LA has 12 million. So football in LA, or the Chargers at least, uh, could use a little local boost. It's really hard to get something, get, get everyone in LA to care about one thing. I mean, there, I think 80% of the city barely knows football is even here, right? It's, it's, it's not like New York where, well, kind no. of everyone is a, is a, yeah. picks a team. Um, yeah, like LA is famous for leaving at halftime and yeah, you know, <laughs> to beat the leaving traffic. in the fifth <laughs> inning and for the Dodgers World Series game, you know, like, yeah. They were also without a team for many years. I mean, there, there's a lot of L.A. football, you know, like uh, and the games start at 10 a.m. And, you know, there's other things that we don't have to deal with on the East Coast and, or the rest of the country uh, for sure. But so, uh, OK, there's this there's this crazy fact I wasn't aware of that Amazon did not allow beer commercials, which seems like anathema to football right yeah it's, hand I, mean, hand. It's, I talked to any people do you watch both games or have you been have you been i did yes like which i've watched both games too and i'm someone who actually follows a bit of the beer business and it didn't even really dawn on me that there have been no beer commercials in either game and bloomberg wrote a report this morning or a piece this morning saying yeah actually amazon does not has a policy of not carrying alcohol advertising in the u.s or canada or Saudi Arabia for some other reason. So, uh, <laughs> so we're grouped in together, which is real interesting uh, for terms of those policies. So that extends to Prime Video. So there's no ads for Bud Light, no ads for Truly Hard Seltzer or anything else, which you would typically get in a broadcast. Not a lot. Alcohol advertising has paired back quite a bit, but actually spirits advertising has famously entered the NFL. Jim Beam's been a big, uh, a big sponsor or big ad buyer. Uh, I think the number was 
alcohol advertising was about spent about sixty million dollars in the first two weeks of the NFL on traditional broadcast TV. So it's a sizable category. How, how much? How much? Sixty million. So okay. So just as a quick detour. So if you're Netflix starting advertising, aren't you like calling on the beer? the beer companies, oh. the beer conglomerates hardcore right now and trying to, sure. there's a, that's a lot of money on the table. Yeah. And alcohol advertising has been a big part of HBO max as a lot of yeah. spirits ever. Or I see it. And maybe it's just, they're catering to me. I don't know. Um, but the, yeah, these other, other services don't have this policy. So that's one thing where Amazon and that's, you know, it's not auto advertising, but it's, it's a check that's, you know, and especially so in sports, is this a moralistic decision? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amazon and uh, morals go together very. Uh, uh, they dovetail. <laughs> we all know Amazon. I mean, they they uh, do not uh, sell beer on their platform on their shopping platform. So um, why market it? Amazon they, has heavily lobbied to get into the alcohol business with very little success, and I think this is part of that. The you know alcohol regulations in this country are very very crazy. It's very much by state, and Amazon wants you know there's no national alcohol policy in this country for sales. Um, and they famously hired a very famous or well known lobbyist maybe I'm going to say four years ago, so they could try to make some headway and get some laws changed, and nothing ever happened. Alcohol is very 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 it's a lot of vested interest in the alcohol business who do not want the laws to change. Uh, and they as Tatiana said they can't sell it. So that's been- It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Whether it's moralistic, I don't, Janice, I I think their stance is officially, I believe, I I will double check it later, but uh, that it's more of a policy versus a business reason, but you can deduce however you want to go from that. Okay. So they've they've canceled beer because beer won't have them or the government won't work with them on beer. Um, (laughs) But wait, but Tatiana, you pointed out a category they do sell on Amazon, which is crazy. um, guns, yes. Guns, uh, yeah. You, yeah. And um, I don't. I haven't checked recently if they still sell bump stocks, but they were before the Las Vegas uh, shooting. So, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I think the moralistic uh, idea is probably not what motivates them. Yeah, we'll leave Amazon's uh, moral stance uh, where we want to leave it. Um, but Janice, what this does really. The Nielsen number, joking aside about Nielsen uh, and the numbers, it does show there's a sizable audience for a live streaming only event for major sports. Um, this number roughly matched what the premiere got on Fox and the NFL network last year, probably a little bit below, but not far below. Um, and this kind of, sh- you know, the big question mark was, will people show up to watch a major sport? This isn't I'll do respect to Premier League. I'll do respect to everybody, you know, Major League Baseball on Friday nights. This is not that. This is the premier, arguably global franchise of sports that people showed up for on, on, a, on, a, on a streaming only service. So, I mean, it's kind of a landmark day, like of like from here on out, this has been, we'll see how that, uh, it's a long season. There's 15, 16 weeks of Thursday Night Football. We'll see how this goes, but that's a very, very promising start on the road. All right. Let's talk about award shows because it's all variations on a theme here that it looks like there is a future coming where our big award shows are heading to streaming. Some of them are already there. Um, I think there's one country music award something that's on Amazon, right? The um, ACMs, yes. ACMs. Yes. Okay. And uh, But there were really 
there was a flurry of headlines this week. Um, and let's see, where should I start? Let's with the gold. Well, the golden, the golden globes, globes is the kind golden of a... globes. Yep. That's so for starters, I, okay, well, let's start with where the golden globes were, which I think we know, but it's worth reiterating. Let's see their most NBC's most recent golden globes telecast. And remember this had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosting for, you know, one of their multiple appearances. It was in 2021 and it had 6.9 million total viewers. Um, and in January, 2020, pre-pandemic, right before it started, it had 18.3 million viewers. Um, but and I that thought- That was the Ricky like, Gervais one, right? I think so. I got it's I, all yeah, sort of- I'm pretty it, sure he was the, the last one before um, COVID. Okay. Um, so this is a, what's, what was unusual in this announcement was that it was- a one-year deal. And so this show uh, used to get a license fee of $60 million um, a year from NBC. And it, it seems like they were wrestled to some result with Dick Clark Productions to broadcast it to try to retain value after this kind of tumultuous uh, you know, situation that's gone on with the HFPA uh, for the past couple years. And so Sean, like, it wasn't reported that they're paying what it, their license fee wasn't reported no. this year. Right. Nope. nope. And know. I think you called it a referendum for the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you know, we all saw the Emmy numbers um, the past few years, quite frankly, you know, and that, so, I mean, look, 2020, you know, as, as president Biden himself said on 60 minutes, you know, the pandemic is over. It's like, all right. So 2020, these shows, this is nor this is the new, whatever it's going to be you know, the normal, but he's not term anymore, but uh, this is what's going to happen. You know, what, where this all settled out, the Emmys is not, is not coming back. It's going to be a 6 million at best. I mean, who knows, maybe even goes further next year. You know, uh, again, if they move it against off of NFL football, maybe that's a good, they can maybe get a little bit back, but it's never going to go back to being a 15 million audience show. Well, so what, what makes NBC come back to the table after this brought, after this airs and say like, Hey, let's do a new well, five-year deal. Is there all, anything? Oh, well, that, look, there. so this this is a test balloon for award shows. I mean, everybody famously in Hollywood, even we said on this podcast, the Golden Globes is the most fun to watch. It has it, it has doesn't have the issues of the other shows in terms of being you know a little slow, a little whatever. You know, it's a party. Everybody's having a good time. So if this show can't get a rating, that's a real, a real and the, the Oscars will follow in March, which will solidify that either way you know, that will be a bellwether, whether these shows should remain or can remain as a business on network television, or if they need to go elsewhere. And NBC was like, look, we all know the HFPA is against the wall here. There were no, no condition to not take a deal. And NBC is probably just like, yep, we'll do a deal. Who knows what the price is, but it, it probably, probably nowhere near 60 million. Bargain. Bargain. <laughs> Bargain. We need some programming. We're going to throw it on a Tuesday night. We're not, it's, it's not on a Sunday or Monday for the first time, I think ever. So they, they're avoiding NFL football. They're avoiding the college football championship, which is what, so it's going to be a Tuesday night and we'll see, I'm sure it'll be very well promoted and they're going to see what it does. If it does a great number, I'm sure NBC would 
then be very interested. And maybe there's a thing with the deal, Janice, that was not reported, but just guessing where if they, you know, they have first position to negotiate. Right, a first refusal. Yeah. Exactly. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I, uh, I, I predict that it will do very well this year. And the reason why, um, like I am the first one to say RIP to the Hollywood Awards show, because they're going to kind of going, um, you know, becoming less and less relevant. But this year you're going to have Avatar and uh, Avatar will be one of the highest grossing movies of all time, likely because the first one was. And so unless it's terrible, um, it'll be in the award season mix. And last year you had power of the dog versus <laughs> Coda. I mean, <laughs> like, right. wait, but you, it's, it's more than avatar. It's black Panther two, right? You're going to, uh, yeah, but Black Panther 2, I don't know if that's going to be um, in the best picture best mix. Picture. It wasn't the first one. So, I mean, it was in the mix, but it, it was not nominated. Right. Um, so oh. Avatar, the first Avatar almost won Best Picture Oscar. And James Cameron was thwarted by his ex-wife, uh, Catherine Bigelow, that year uh, with the Hurt that's Locker. Right. But, like, it was still like very much a... It, Exciting. Exciting. And, you know, you, so that's what the award shows actually need is a gigantic movie to be Top Gun. I mean, Top, Top Gun, Gun I, I predict Top Gun will get a Best Picture nomination. I mean, for the Globes, like, this isn't the Oscars. Let's also remember, you know, like, all right, Top Gun, Elvis, you know, Avatar, I, I, unless Black Panther is way off, you know, in left field, which is very unlikely. I could see that, you know, from a, maybe not a best picture, we'll see at the Oscars, but for a Globe nomination, you know, so now you have these like major top level movies coming in where the past- That people you know, have seen. That people have like, seen and talked about They can love. actually, yeah, they can actually have a rooting interest here. So yeah. they'll give it their all. And right. that's, I mean, it's, it's actually a true test. Like it's we're, we're throwing everything uh, yes. at this, but okay. I think I'm sure Tatiana has some thoughts about this because it reminds me of our Toronto conversation of last week where- uh, the uh, press was under such tight control um, and everything was scripted. So I feel like the HFPA as part of this announcement of return of the show returning, they kind of like went through this like, um, like truth and reconciliation committee, like confession about who they are. And so they had, they revealed the, the ethnic composition of their voting pool, which like, please, can everyone in Hollywood do this? Because I, I mean, it's 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 so amazing that they became the the one place that had to do this. Um, and so, you know, they're fifty two percent female, nineteen point five percent Latinx, twelve percent Asian, ten percent Black, ten percent Middle Eastern. Mandatory DEI and sexual harassment prevention training. Um, implementation of a DEI program. But this, I thought, really stood out. The standardization of etiquette guidelines for the organization's press conferences, such as requiring questions to relate to the talent's current project. Mm. It's kind of, I mean, like, is, has any has anyone ever been subjected to this kind of, like, no. public scrutiny, right? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, um, and I think ultimately it hurts the publicists and the stars because even though they want this, they want this control, they want like to dictate the terms of the interviews. What happens is the fans no longer kind of get 
these viral moments or these moments where of interest, you just have somebody saying over and over again, the same anecdotes. I'm incredibly honored to have worked with Margot Roby, you know, like whatever. It's like, it, it, it's just, it, it doesn't, it's not feeding what the fans are interested in. So I'm all for like, you can't um, sexually harass our, <laughs> our, um, our, our yeah, celebrities. We agree Brendan with Fraser, that. by the way, he's, he's going to be back um, this year as a likely nominee for, I mean, he's never been, I don't think he's ever been nominated before, but Brendan Fraser was the one who had yes. been actually um, groped. groped by mm. the HFPA. Right. Um, Phil Burke. Correct. Yeah. Which is terrible. Crazy. I mean, yeah. In, right. in bananas. Yeah. This bananas. is the Brendan Fraser rule. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah, that it's, should not happen. It's sad that they have to actually put this on to your point, Janice. They actually wrote this down. That's like that's a that's yeah. That's what's the, where the the organization you know it's 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 a testament to how far fallen it, it's gotten to. But they've also you know they also never release who it is, and I'm like that's always like that's oh here's our percentages. I'm like why don't you tell us who's in it, who's voting? Uh, again, presumably ninety quote unquote foreign journalists. We do not know where they're from. We do not know who they write for. Every, you know, the Hollywood Critics Association, these, we know there are members who you are stated as a member. Why not in transparency? There was always a famous, oh yes, who are they? Well, they're, they're this organization and, and you know, no one wanted to say who they were and they still haven't come out with like, here is our list of 90 members. Well, I'm guessing some of it just wouldn't reflect well on them, right? Well, because that's not a good, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. mean, I'm, but there I, are I, a whole new organization there, 58% feet, whatever the numbers, they just put all those numbers sure. out. Let us see who that is. Right. These publicists and stars who wouldn't have their talent, the talent couldn't talk to anyone who wasn't from the New York Times, for example. And now they're doing press right. conferences with, you know, with, uh, who, from, yeah. from something. From yeah, something from, that we don't even from, know where that they're, from they're, they're, they're from. Yeah. Wow. So, but, um, um, my question uh, for you guys, though, for this, for the Globes, is will the talent show up? Yes. Okay. Oh, I think so. All right. No questions with that. I, I, last year, this, so. they, they still actually had nominations and everything. And right. my litmus test was who puts, who's the first to blink and put it in the, for your consideration ad, like Golden Globe winner. <laughs> okay. And it didn't even take, uh, it, it was the nomination part when Disney tweeted like, congratulations to West okay. Side Story on its blah, blah, Golden blah, Globe. Golden okay. Globe nomination. Okay. So I would say, you know, the, Awards show audience is diminished, but not the passion to win an award by Hollywood, right? <laughs> so, Fair enough. Absolutely. I'm being naive. I'm being naive. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also, all these mini dramas, I mean, they, they're they not going to, they the Golden Globes are going to return. People are going to watch it. They're not going to even know that's, that it hadn't been on. Right. right. People, it's no, just exactly. it's, this whole country. Right. Because COVID, people are like, oh, maybe it just was canceled because of COVID. But yeah, th nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, and there is not one member of the audience of the public who is counting the diversity of the HFPA. That's that I feel pretty confident about that. Um, but, you know, Axios had an interesting Sarah Fisher at Axios ran an item this week that I thought uh, really speaks to both the Globes, but the Oscars. And the headline was Hollywood's zeitgeist problem. And uh, it was basically about how um, award shows 
no longer really resonate with anyone. It's, it's hard to drive the culture through Hollywood. It, it's becoming increasingly less so. But she does point out that the NFL does drive culture. Uh, but then she quoted, I'm getting a little convoluted here, but she quoted New York Times television critic Mike Hale, who said, uh, shows like the Emmys and the Oscars used to aspire to elegance, a quality that isn't so valued now for reasons both good and bad. Um, and so now we're coming up to the most elegant award show of all time, the Oscars. And um, some big changes are coming. Um, they're not doing the, you know, the fancy Hollywood, you know, director, producer, like you're not having Soderbergh. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah. yes. The, and this is a great idea because you need a person who has experience with live TV, like our former guest, uh, Hamish Hamilton, like the right. people who you, you need somebody to produce and direct who knows how to produce and direct a live show, not how to produce a tentpole. Right. So they brought in the, the director of the show for many years. Um, Glenn Weiss and Ricky, oh, Ricky Kirshner. Exactly. So yep. Glenn has direct, directed the show for, I think, the past seven or several several editions. And he is now also the, the lead producer on it. So and, and Ricky as well. So again, TV, live TV producers are the ones in charge of producing the live television show. Well, so this is what's on the line. The uh, Let's see, it's been reported that the, that the Oscars, the Academy, uh, of motion pictures uh, receives a hundred million dollar a year licensing fee from Disney ABC for the Oscars. Um, what's yeah, pretty do or die for the Academy is that their annual expenses range from 103 million to 115 million. This is Scott Feinberg at the Hollywood Reporter, um, his reporting. Um, so when you're in the Academy and you are running as a nonprofit and you have this giant splashy museum that's open that probably did not cost zero dollars to, <laughs> to build or operate, like this money has been your, your lifeline. Um, and it, 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 the deal is expiring, I believe, is it 2026, Sean? Yes, that's correct. Oh, sorry, it's 2028. I apologize, Janice. 2028. Okay. Yeah. They renewed in 2016 in a very fortuitous Ouch. time to renew <laughs> to renew a deal because there's <laughs> right. no way in hell they're getting $100 million a year from ABC if that deal is up right now. So can you imagine a universe where the Oscars go to streaming? Yeah. I mean, look, that's a big buffer. That's, that's you know, that's six more years of this. So I assume that's a pretty ironclad deal. I don't know that there's any outs in that. They probably didn't think about that in 2016. But, you know, this, you know, back to the Amazon football number, it's like, all right, that's going to have six more years of people watching streaming live events and maybe who knows what else is going to join it. Sunday ticket will be, you know, be added next year, wherever it's going, probably Apple TV, but that'll be another step in the evolution of people watching live events via streaming only. This is a new, nothing, you know, outside of the Academy of Country Music Awards, which didn't really move the needle other than reading a lot of people being kind of pissed off they couldn't watch it on television there hasn't been this genre of programming everything on streaming you know stranger things is an event lord of the rings is an event but you can watch it when you want it's a tv show you know so by 2028 and the and the oscars is a global event i mean famously every year there are three billion people around the world and whatever the number is are watching this show right now and they they sell off the rights to different countries, you know, around the world, the TV rights. I don't know what money they get for that. There's a, there was a caveat in the reporting at the time on that ABC deal that ABC and Disney did not get the did not have the international rights to sell. So 
presumably the academy is selling that themselves for to, again make up that shortfall genesis and that revenue but if the by 2028 could amazon or you know netflix come in and say what's it worth to them by that point to sell all that advertising and make a streaming event and as amazon famously said you know the the greatest three hour you know signups ever for amazon prime on the premiere of thursday night football <laughs> so you're going to add some subscribers who are presumably right. going to at least hang on for a month so it could be a subscriber acquisition thing so you know uh, the scale very few award shows i mean the acms are not the oscars by any means obviously but the, when you have that maybe the oscars the grammys and maybe the globes we will we will see in january are the three award shows that probably globally mean something to an audience you know mm -hmm. can you if you go on a streaming service that is in 240 countries uh, you know as a live streaming event can that be a business for you versus the 100 million dollar check maybe see in 2028 and it's like yeah i don't know that seems like something tatiana what what's your take on that yeah, so I'm thinking it isn't necessarily RIP to the live show, the live award show. It's RIP to the live award show on broadcast network, perhaps. And and it's not a probably a terrible thing. Right. Yeah, I, I think the Globes is going to be the back to the one year deal. If these numbers, I don't know what NBC, you know, what their <clears throat> threshold is for, for success anymore, success. On what makes it worthwhile, but the Globes, I you know, believes or Dick Clark owns their own rights. They can sell whatever they you know globally. They don't, you know, so they are they are free agent. So somebody may come along with see the NBC numbers and come along with a deal for them, being like, oh, this came back, and why don't you come over to Apple TV Plus or but right? Man, I but mean, that's I where <laughs> a streamer could be like, oh, those. Let's say it's eight million, ten million. This we'll that, take that. that sounds great. Uh, well, it's, and that's it, just it's U.S. Not, only. Yeah. And, and, and the Golden Globes have this international, you know, that's, you know, there's TV and movies, but probably the movies are the biggest, you know, draw in that sense. And this is a global product and this isn't just succession and these other shows that get small viewerships. Like, no, this it's Tatiana's point. This is Avatar. Avatar. This is God, yeah. You know, so this, this is, it's, it'll literally be the best thing for awards shows. If Avatar, if it's like a Avatar versus Spielberg, because even if Spielberg, even if the Fableman right, isn't, it, it, even if it isn't the gigantic box office hit, you know, cause it's a small family drama, but yeah. it's still Spielberg. He's a name that means something globally. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think that, and the other thing that I feel like it, it never really has been achieved in the last few years is what's missing is what the NFL has. It's a real contest, you know, like you actually have, yeah, like stakes and uh, like last year, Coda versus Power of the Dog. Like, like <laughs> two very, very different um, films. You didn't also feel that competitiveness. Like, I like to feel competitiveness. Like, and now it's like everybody's like so gracious towards their competitor. No, like be like, be like football. Like, I want to kill them. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Janice. So I just thought I, I alluded to this at the top, but that. They're bringing on Met Gala veterans, Lisa Love and Raul Avila, who will serve as red carpet creative consultants. And that this was something I always thought about with the Oscars. They kind of gave away ownership of the red carpet experience to other outlets. And I think they probably always felt they were a little above talking about what people were wearing. And um, and it became kind of a, a whole you know separate 
think of shoulder programming for other places. Um, and now it looks like they're trying to reclaim that experience. Um, I guess people will care, right? I think people will care a lot. I mean, I think it's a it's an important part of the Oscar experience to see the glamour. I feel like the glamour has really taken a nosedive in the last three, four, five years where you had people wearing shorts this year and sneakers. Right, right, right. But also like, you know, it'd be fun to do part of the reason people care with, about what people wear to the Met Gala is because people are outrageous. Like they wear yeah. the like the most insane outfits and you know the like everything in Hollywood it became so careful and so carefully choreographed that you only wear like you have your stylist and your team of stylists and like you don't want to stand out too much you don't want to look like a presumptive winner so you want to be understated and and you know you don't have like the Bjork swan dress anymore or share or you know share period and share <laughs> period and uh and so i you know i i think that sense of kind of like any kind of spontaneity or madcapness uh, to use an old-fashioned word would probably really benefit the oscars because it just feels or how know, about the south park guys where, where they did the yes, j-lo dress like exactly. like fun like just something fun. that's like fun and you want yeah. something that the viewer is like I could not, these people are like superhuman. I couldn't achieve what they're doing. I couldn't, right. I couldn't wear what they're doing the same way. When you watch a football game, you're like, I couldn't do, do what these yeah. people are doing. Like, ouch. Ooh, like, yeah. like everything. You're kind of in the, in the moment with them. And, um, and I think some, somehow the Oscar ceremony felt, began to feel like the Kennedy center honors or something. It felt like very, <laughs> very important capital I and not fun. And, and, so hopefully they bring try to capture some of that with because they're yeah. going to be very fun movies that are part of this. True, I mean, but also social media killed a bit of this. Where you know uh, we all came of an era where the red carpet show Eve was a big thing because that's where you saw it. Now everybody's posting before they even get there. So I mean, from an, like, even the Met Gala, it's not a TV event. Right, you're experiencing that through social media. So how do you make the red from a business point of view, I guess, I, and I don't know what jazz, maybe creatively, you know, creatively, yes, maybe there's something you can do here, but from like, a, how do you make the red carpet or tune in worthy event again? It's a little like, well, if I want to, the people who really care about it are already seeing this stuff the whole day and they're on, you know, all the, all the social platforms. Yeah. So what do you do to make the red carpet itself an interesting hour of television? Uh, good luck on that. I don't, you know, have, again, have, uh, have someone slap someone very early on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get 20 questions on Chris Rock this year. It's like, oh yeah. I and get that. rid of yeah, the Manny cam. That is like, right, exactly. Yeah. Lower the specialness of this. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's, it's, it's a tough one. How do you make the red carpet watchable again is a, is a big question, but how do you make it eventized as a, as a cultural thing? Jess, I think your point, yes, there's something maybe they can help uh, with the cachet of it, but from a ratings point of view or an audience point of view, I think it's a, it's a tough haul to, to make that. Okay. What it was. Okay. Um, uh, and Tatiana, I, uh, before we close out here, I think, did you have thoughts on the Fablemans winning the prize, the big prize at Toronto? At Toronto, it's been a bellwether award. So in the past um, you had everything from Slumdog Millionaire to Green Book, um, I believe Nomadland taking that Toronto prize, uh, the audience award. And there's something about the Toronto audience that must uh, have some overlap in sensibility with the average Oscar voter, because 
um, it has been a successful bellwether. So Fableman's, I would say, is now in sort of the uh, pole position. position. Yes, if you will. But hasn't Spielberg been in pole position before? And then it then coming out too early as the favorite can certainly work against you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, but uh, he wasn't in the pole position with West Side Story. So no. with year. Lincoln, was he within the pole position with Lincoln? No, no. it was okay. like always All like right. Daniel Day Lewis is going to win. Right. Actor, right. Okay. And he did. But I think the last time that Spielberg really had it snatched away from him is uh, Saving Private Ryan, losing to Harvey Weinstein's very uh, aggressive Shakespeare in Love campaign. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, um, all right, well, we'll see Spielberg on the, you know, the Manny cam in the new, <laughs> new Oscars red carpet. <laughs> He's going to wear something outrageous. <laughs> um, Michelle Williams will look great now, I'm sure. So that uh, she'll always, always, always. classic. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, I think that's it for the week. Um, Wait, are you not going to see don't worry, darling today? Oh, uh, I am not. You know where I'm going tonight. <laughs> Can I tell you where I'm going tonight? I don't. I've not asked you this, so I don't know if. You, but if yes, please, we'd love love to hear. You're, okay. you're on the East Coast. What I, are you doing? I'm going to the White House tonight. I'm going okay. to the Elton John performance at the White House, and uh, I'll tell you the full name of the event: A Night When Hope and History Rhyme. Which they don't, but A Night When Hope and History Rhyme. <laughs> like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> for a concert in collaboration with a &E Networks and the History Channel. Um, and this, this concert will be televised uh, on a later day, but um, President Biden and Dr. Jill Biden will be there. And um, I think it'll be kind of amazing. So I'm, I'm super excited. I've been to the White House just a few times, but never to a, like a performance there. So this will be- Oh my be, God, what are you wearing? Um, <laughs> Well, I pulled out, I, I actually woke up in the middle of the night last night because I realized I brought heels, the kind that will sink into grass instead of heels, the kind that are chunky. So I feel like I'm going to be stuck in, uh, you know, in one place sunken into the White House lawn. Um, but <laughs> it, I, it will, uh, I'm super excited. It's going to be, it's going to be really fun. Okay. Uh, remember to like and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, subscribe to The Ankler at theankler.com. And thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, see you very soon, Tatiana, and you sooner, Sean. Bye.